Good morning, church. It's uh, been great to be with you guys the last several weeks, and uh, we're excited to be here through the holidays and uh, for a time to rest and uh, recharge and uh, spend time with family and stuff. For those of you who don't know who I am, uh, my name's Jacob, and my wife, Sarah, is back over there uh, with Keely and Jordan, our beautiful, wonderful daughters. Um, back in 2004, I married into the church. Um, Sarah grew up here, was, uh, I think, born and raised in this particular area. And so um, I had the pleasure of, um, when I moved here, to marry her, um, to be able to join in with the National Heights family. And one of the things that really attracted me to uh, this particular church was the just the heart for missions that the church has had for its throughout its history and uh, that I saw when I walked through the doors here. And so for the, since 2005, so a year after Sarah and I were married, uh, God called us back to the field. And you guys sent us out and have been supporting us ever since then. And um, it's been um, just an honor to be able to walk with you through that. Um, I'll have opportunity later on this fall to talk about some of the things that we're seeing God do um, in East Asia. But today, with all of our different missions, um, opportunities that are available to our church and our church is involved in, I wanted to specifically just open up God's word and, and see what he has to say about um, what he's called us to do with our lives. So if you'll turn to me real quick to 1 Peter 2.9, we're going to be in 1 Peter and in Matthew and Mark a little bit today. But 1 Peter 2.9 tells us this. It says that we are chosen by God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people for his position, possession. Sorry, He has chosen us, and we belong to him. For those of us who call Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's who we are. That's our identity. We're chosen by God into our royal priesthood. And a people that are his possession. We belong to God. And we are his. And he's chosen that for us. But it goes on to tell us in that passage why he has done this. And it says, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him. The excellencies of Jesus Christ. Who has called us out of darkness into marvelous light. If we think about our lives before we came face to face with Christ. Before we put our hope and our future and our trust in Jesus. That's who we were. We were consumed by darkness. The sin in our life, the things in our lives that held us down, consumed us. But we found freedom in Christ Jesus. When, he found that, when we found that freedom, he expects us to proclaim who he is to the world around us. See, he rescued and redeemed us so that we would proclaim him. Not simply for us to go to heaven and be with him for eternity. That is something that does happen But he's restored our relationship with him so that we would tell the world around us who he is. That through us, others in this world will will hear just how wonderful and amazing a restored relationship with Christ is. So that they would turn away from the sinful desires of their own heart, the things of this world that consume them, that that keep them in darkness. And that they would turn towards the light of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a lot we see in the Gospels of Jesus' ministry, his life, his, uh, his death, and his resurrection. But it, towards the end of Matthew and Mark, uh, Jesus, it's, it's after he has uh, died on the cross, he's uh, uh, been resurrected from the grave, and he's come back and he has a few things he wants to impress upon the disciples before he leaves. Um, there's a lot of things he could have talked about. He could have talked about how it's important to take care of his mother or important to take care of uh, the widows or important to take care of the homeless or, or to care for uh, any number of things. Uh, but that's not where Jesus decided he was going to place his emphasis for the last few things that he wanted to tell the disciples. 
and remind them of. These are things that he had shared with them over and over as he walked with them for those three years or so that he had his earthly ministry. Things that the disciples heard from him over and over again. But these are the things that he wanted to impress upon them as they finished um, the last few minutes, the last few days that he had with them on this earth. And he says in Matthew 28, uh, verse, verse 19, he tells them this. He says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Last thing he tells them as he's about to head back to be sit at the right hand of the Father is to go and make disciples. The last impression he had he had wanted to make in their lives and their minds was go and make disciples. Now, the passage in Mark goes and expounds upon this a little bit more, where he says in Mark sixteen fifteen, he tells them how they're to go about this. How are they to make disciples? He says, go uh, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. To the whole creation. So the mission that Christ has given the disciples and has given to us is to go and make disciples. And the way we do that is to go and proclaim into all the world the gospel. As redeemed followers of Christ, who've placed our hope and our future and our trust in Jesus, our mission then is to go and make disciples. And we do this by proclaiming the gospel. If we're not sharing the gospel with those that we come in contact with, then we are not living out the mission that Christ has given to each and every one of us. So what does this look like? If our mission is to make disciples, and we do this through sharing, out, through sharing the gospel, how do we practically live this out? Romans ten fourteen and 15 tells us, then, tells us this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in, whom, in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We, first and foremost, have to engage in our community and people around us in gospel conversations. We can't go through our lives and not share about who Jesus is and what he has done in our lives. And the hope that he brings for everyone that calls upon his name. Each of us interacts daily with different people. Some of us are students and have classmates that have never heard the gospel. Some of us are retired and have people in our neighborhood that we see on a daily basis as we walk around the neighborhood or as we're out tending our gardens that have not yet heard the gospel. We all go to the grocery store usually to the same one on the same day of the week, and we see the same clerk every day who has not yet heard the gospel. We cannot assume that just because someone lives in North America and in Springfield, Missouri, that they have heard a true presentation of the gospel. As I've been back in the States and I come back for, uh, for different reasons, one of the things that I've noticed that the enemy has done is he has allowed many people to hear parts of the gospel. But he twists them just enough that the gospel is not something that people really understand and know. So as messengers of Christ, we have to be intentional about not assuming that people have heard the gospel and go out and share it over and over and over again. Christ has sent you into the lives of people all around you who have either heard a false gospel or have not heard the gospel at all. And so my question for you today is, will you fulfill the mission 
that Christ has given you by being someone who preaches the good news? Will you be someone that says, how beautiful are the feet who bring the good news to the world? Now, I imagine a lot of us feel like we're not quite adequate up to the mission that God's given us. And I will admit, for a long time, I have felt that way, and I had felt that way. I remember when I first went over to the mission field um, in 2002 um, to Thailand, and walking into a foreign culture, into a language that I didn't know, a people group I didn't understand, food that was really weird to me, I felt completely, completely inadequate to the mission that God had called me to. As I still struggle through language, and I still struggle through uh, living cross-culturally, there are still times where I feel inadequate to the mission that God has called me to, to go and make disciples through the proclamation of the gospel. We see, um, even in the, the, the gospels, as we hear the stories of the disciples, how they often felt inadequate to the mission that God had given them as well. I want to look at one particular story in Matthew 15. So Matthew 15 has all these different stories about Christ's ministry. It starts with uh, Christ sort of confronting the religious people who thought they had an understanding of who, uh, who, Christ, or who the Messiah would be um, and what he would look like and what he would do. It goes on and talks about uh, the faith of a Canaanite woman, a woman that Christ wasn't even called to, the people group that he wasn't even called to, who had heard about him, heard about the miracles, and had faith that, that Christ was who he, who he said he was. We see a number of instances in there where he is healing many people. So we see Christ is doing ministry on and over and over in this particular chapter. But in chapter 15, verses 32, um, we see a story where Christ is um, he's on the mountainside. And he's had a number of people who have followed him. It says in, in this passage, over 4,000, 4,000 men plus the women and children were sitting at his feet listening to the things that he had to say. They were gathered together. They wanted what Christ had to offer. They wanted the miracles that he was performing. They wanted healing. And they wanted to to understand who he was. And so we know in opportunities as we look through the word that Christ would always share about himself. He would always share that he was sent from his father. So as he was performing these miracles, he's teaching them. And in verse 32, it says, Then Jesus called his disciples to him, and he said, I have, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days, and they have nothing to eat. I'm a, and I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, And where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? So these people, 4,000 men, plus the women and children that were with them, had sat for three days, not worried about what to eat, not worried about what to drink. They didn't have their bottles of water or their uh, Laura bars or kind bars or whatever snack you're taking with you on a trip these days. They were hungry for what Christ had to share with them. And Christ was wrapping up his teaching time. And we can assume there were many who had responded to what he had had to say. And so now he's sending them back out, but he had compassion for them. And he wanted to make sure they got back home. And so he tells the disciples, you need to feed them. And they look around and they say, Christ? We can't fulfill what you're asking us to do. We're inadequate. We don't have the tools. We don't have the resources. We don't have the food. What you're asking us to do is too hard. And it goes on in this passage where we see the disciples said that in 33. 
Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And a few small fish. They didn't have the resources. They were inadequate to fulfill the mission that Christ had given them at that particular point in time. So what does Christ do? 35. Directing the crowd to sit on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the crowds, or gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of broken pieces left over. Now those who ate were 4,000 men, besides the women and children. Christ took their inadequacies and showed that he is sufficient in the midst of whatever excuses we may have for not fulfilling the mission that he has given us. Now Christ has given us a mission to go and make disciples. In this passage, he had given the disciples a mission to go and feed the crowds. When we feel inadequate or we are inadequate to do so, to fulfill the mission that God has given us, Christ will always make us adequate. Where we lack ability, God gives it to us. Where we lack Let's see, when we lack an English word I'm struggling for, when we are full of fear, God gives us whatever opposite of fear is. I can't remember in English. But anyway, um, (laughs) welcome to my life. Whatever we're lacking, God is capable of fulfilling. Whatever need we have to go and carry out the mission, God will give it to us. Now, often God does this through the church. We are blessed in the church that we are part of here at National Heights. And as I've walked around the halls and seen all the things that National Heights is involved in, as I read the emails as they come in while I'm overseas and uh, hear reports from um, Brother Vaughn and others that, that share about all that National Heights is involved in, God is using the church to help make you adequate to fulfill the mission that he has given you. Our leadership's developed a number of ways for us to be involved in mission. One of the easiest ways is just to get involved in gospel conversations. If the mission is to make disciples and we do that by proclaiming the gospel, then we have to have those conversations. We have to be, talk about the gospel. So one of the things that we have found in our ministry that is really easy is just to invite people into our home. Um, break, some, break, break some bread or, or in our case, let Sarah make these amazing cookie bars and start having conversations with people. One of the things that's available in our church right now and that we're are excited to be starting are these new life groups. My encouragement to you is think about, can you open your home as a host to, bring someone, to, to allow others in our community to come in and hear the gospel? Will you be willing to invite people into your life so that they can hear that Christ loves them and he has a plan for their life? Now, some of you may feel like, I don't cook well enough to be able to make snacks, or I don't, uh, can't clean my house fast enough to invite people in. Well, my encouragement to you is to bring a brother or sister along with you and come together and do that. I cannot make cookie bars nearly as good as Sarah can. And they are the first thing to go. My cheap pizza I buy at this place down the street does not go nearly as fast as the cookie bars do. Uh, I am blessed with the helper that God has given me. But inside the church, we have each other to lean upon. 
So maybe God's calling two or three or four of you to come together and host one of these life groups in your community, in your neighborhood, and you need to do that as a, as a Sunday school class or as a group of friends and brothers and sisters. For those of you who feel like you're not in a place to do that, you can still be a part of these groups by going and attending and be a part of one of the life groups. Inviting people in your own community, whether it's your coworkers, your classmates, whether it's the people that you, that you walk around the neighborhood with, to come and spend some time opening the word together and studying together. Another thing the church is involved in is this thing, uh, the next steps of ministries. We all have different passions, different skills, different interests that God's given us. Through the next steps of ministry, the church wants to help you take those things and figure out how do I use those things that God has given me to reach the community around me. So I know we've got the photography group that is able to gather people who may or may not know Christ together, go and photograph the amazing things that God's doing or the amazing thing that God's have created in this world, and in those times together, have gospel conversations. Could be a cooking group. Could be a bicycling group. Whatever it is that God has given you passions and interests for, use those strategically to share the gospel with those in your community. The church has also looked around our community here in our neighborhoods and said, what are the needs that we have? And one of the things we've identified is that we have a number of single parents living right out around our neighborhood. Single parents that need the church, single parents that need Jesus, children in these homes that need a community like they find in the church. So my encouragement to you is just to seek out what are the things that God's already doing through our church and get involved. The mission is to go and make disciples. The way we carry out that mission is through the proclamation of the gospel. These are just a few examples. Like you said today, we've had this mission fair out here today and this expo where we can all look at different ways we can get involved. But as we leave today, it's not acceptable to say the mission that Christ gave, it does not apply to me. The mission was given to all of us. We carry it out by proclaiming the gospel as we exit these doors and go out to the world. Let me pray for us. Father God, we first and foremost thank you for your son. Jesus, who you sent down to this earth for us, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you that someone opened their mouth, took your mission seriously, and proclaimed the gospel to us so that we could find hope, restoration, and new life in you, Christ. So, Lord, we know the mission that you gave to the disciples is the same mission you give to us, to go and make disciples. Christ, you told us we do that through proclaiming your word, proclaiming the gospel, sharing with our community, with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our classmates, who you are. Father, may we take your mission seriously. We praise things in Jesus' name. Amen.